Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Enid Mae Jones, and she is a Director of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. Welcome. Hi, how are you, Lee? Very nice to be here. Well, I am doing well. I'm so excited to learn what you're up to. So before we get too far into things, can you tell us um, why you think DEI is important to the growth and sustainability of associations? You know, the world is changing. Um, people are very socially conscious. The new generation of people coming into associations or corporate America are very aware of what's happening socially. They are very socially aware. So as they come into organizations, they are expecting organizations to be diverse, but not only diverse, but actively making the environment welcoming, inclusive, and creating a sense of belonging for their employees. People are trying to balance life and work, and they are finding that they are more creative, innovative when they are in a mix of diverse people. Now, are you finding that associations are leaning into this and are establishing some DEI, um, at least representation? Some associations are doing it and doing it well. ASAE has really stepped up um, in that area. At ASAE, there is the Diversity Executive Leadership Program, which I am proud to say I am uh, 2007 alum, and that program has been very instrumental in changing, um, has been a game changer for my career. There's, I think, close to 200 DELP alumni, and we are a source of support for each other. Um, a lot of DELPers are moving up in association management, but again, that's just 200, and it's just ASAE. Um I find that some associations are doing DEI very well. Some are still doing them more perfunctional, just across the T and dot the I's, and not really um, instituting it within the overall organization strategy. Now, is there any advice for associations out there so they can... um you know, kind of walk the walk instead of just talking the talk so they can actually apply some of this DEI in their associations and and really benefit from it. It, This shouldn't be something that they're doing just to check a box. This can really help an association reach more people, engage more people, and, um, and, and better the association. Definitely. My advice would be that this should be done consciously and intentionally, and meaning that it shouldn't be buried way down in um, human resources. I've just had an experience where I went in to consult and it was very disappointing because I only, I then discovered that 
the DEI was buried all the way down in each hour. Um, and that it was not something that the executive management was actively involved in. So my advice is, if you're gonna do it, do it and get your executive involved in really instituting DEI program actively um, beyond just your DEI statement where it is across the board in governance, in your membership, in your employee relations, your suppliers, even as even small organization can do that. Um, so be, being intentional about it is very important is to get growth. And you realize that when you have a diverse organization, an organization where people can bring their attentive self and feel a sense of belonging, they will perform at the ultimate highest potential. Um, and the organization will move and stay very sustainable. So have the foresight enough to be consciously and intentionally about instituting DEI. Now, can you share a little bit about your background? Um, have you been uh, involved in association work uh, for the length of your career? Yes. Um, as, you know, most association executives, I felt, I just fell into association management. But I've been in association management for over 25 years. And I've had a very, and I am having a very successful career. My background is, um, I'm originally from Liberia, West Africa. So I am an immigrant who came to go to the University of Kansas. And that too was an eye-opener because I went from functioning in a majority Black environment and, and community into becoming a part of, um, and sometimes not a very good part of, <laughs> a scene as as active members. So that moved me to get a master's degree in intercultural interpersonal communications. And I also have a master's in higher ed. My interest was really in the retention and recruitment of minorities, underrepresented, uh, marginalized students into predominantly white universities. And of course, like anybody else, I got offered a job to do student programming for an association, and I've never looked back. Now, any advice for um, maybe the younger minority student that's in college to consider the same path of getting involved in associations? It sounds like there there's a lot of opportunity there for the right folks. It is. You know, I, am, I do do a lot in getting interns, and I am, and I do encourage minority students and marginalized students to apply for the internships that I offer and introduce them into association management. Because a lot of people don't realize that you can have a very rewarding career um, in association management um, and, and that you can have very good work-life balance and like what we say, make a good living in association management, but also a service and the impact you can have on communities and be instrumental 
in guiding a profession or a trade to become um, sustainable and growth and see growth. So my advice is that we reach out to more minority students, students at historically black colleges and encourage them to take that step and come into association management. Now, what about some advice for uh, the associations out there that maybe haven't leaned into this DEI initiatives as much as they could? Is there some insights you can share about some of the benefits maybe that they're not like, you know, people don't know what they don't know. But can you share some insights you've learned over the years working with a variety of organizations? Well, as well, no, if you have a group of people who they all think alike then there is no innovation. Creativity without innovation is does not exist. So you can have people who are highly intelligent, who are creative, but if they're all thinking alike, there is no innovation. Change does not happen. So you do need a diverse group of people and diversity it's not necessarily counting the numbers as to race. Diversity can be any combination of, of disability, gender, um, race, um, sexual orientation, even people who went to different universities. So you can have people who went to big research universities and people who went to smaller liberal arts schools because they're at the smaller liberal arts schools, they're more, they teach more liberal, worldly curriculum. So the expansion of the curriculum is to become more well-rounded. So when you have that mix, you move on to innovation. You move on to people who don't think alike. So problem solving, solving, communication, all of those things become more um, highlighted, become more creative, become something that can bring changes. And we also know that the pandemic and the social movement were the great disruptors of the last couple of years. So we are all struggling to find, to redefine who we are as people and also as organizations. So this is the time now to reinvent who we are as organizations and, and people so that we can open the door to a more well-rounded, people can come as at that respectful, authentic self and feel good about who they are and and what they bring to the table. Yeah. So I'm sorry. I, I, I think that um, it's important for people to just open their mind to the fact that if everybody looks the same around the table, then there might be some biases that you all have that you may not be aware of. And by having a mind of diverse, uh, having a more diverse group around you will open up opportunities that maybe you haven't even thought of. Very true. You know, we all come with our biases because we all come with our 
our uh, vision, our virtues, morals, however way you want to describe it, already in place, because those are things that we get from our community, our surrounding, and the, and the way we were brought up. So we all come with our biases. And therefore, if you come with your biases and you are self-aware, I always say to people, diversity, equity, and inclusion starts with becoming self-aware, self-aware of who you are, self-aware of how you What's, what your makeup is, once you can do that, you are then more able to check yourself when those biases surface or people are able to check you and you're more receiving of those checks. Now, in your career, can you share maybe a rewarding story where you felt like, hey, I, my voice was heard and I made it a difference and, and I've really impacted this organization? Oh, a lot of uh, a lot has happened um, to for me um, at my last um, organization, um, Lifespan Network, uh, where I was for for fourteen years. I was always heard. Um, I was the the minority person on staff um, there, but I did not experience the misogynistic or microaggression that people, um, that some of my colleagues have explained because I had a boss who was very self-aware. And so therefore, she opened up doors for me uh, because she herself, even though she was a white woman, she also came from a marginalized um, community. So therefore, she was very aware of some of the biases and obstacles there. So she was very, very instrumental in my career growth. Um, and so I came in as a director and when I <clears throat> did make the change, I left as senior vice president. And so that had that opportunity alone. And I was also allowed to build an entire educational institute um, from $100,000 revenue generating to over half a million dollars. So I can never thank her enough for the trust she placed in me and, the, and giving me wings to fly. And then now you're able to help others, uh, you know, with their wings and fly. Definitely so. Definitely so. Well, if there's someone out there that wants to connect with you um, and maybe just have a conversation and, and learn from you, uh, what's the best way to do that? Are you on LinkedIn? I'm on LinkedIn. The person can send me a message or they can send me an email at E-N-I-D as in David, M as in Mary, A as in Apple, I at gmail.com. And that's the and that's where to find you on LinkedIn. Also, Enid May Jones. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing such important work and we appreciate you. Oli, thank you so much for asking me and reaching out to me. I, this has been a wonderful com conversation. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio. 